Welcome to the Black Cast, our annual Academy Awards post show. Uh, for some reason, we used to uh, do these on Sunday night, actually, after the awards. Boy, it's a lot nicer doing it on Monday morning. I'm Christian Blad, as always, and for this show, as always, joined by Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com. Christian, thanks for uh, keeping the tradition alive. Yeah, thanks for making me watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know. I think that uh, it's interesting. You know, the the show itself. They, uh, I, I, there's, you know, uh, in theory, I like the idea that they didn't rush people through their speeches. You know, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice, but f- there have been so many good speeches where you hear the music playing in the background, and you're like, oh, come on. Now, there are definitely times where people talk way too long. Was it just last year that Joaquin Phoenix was talking about whether or not we should have milk? You know, uh, and I didn't even remember that until we saw him on stage last night. I'm like, oh, yeah, he had a really crazy thing last year. That was a that was a whole pandemic ago. You know, it's uh, so I think, uh, look, trying to do different. Th- you know what I did like? Don't show the clips. It's fine. Either you've seen the movie or you haven't. You're not going to see the clip and go, oh. I should probably see that based on those nine seconds, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to find uh, high points of of <laughs> the show, you know. Um, I got what, one. W- yeah. Okay. Go ahead. They played uh, the Electric Company theme when Rita Moreno graced the yeah, stage. That was that actually was pretty great. Yeah, that was, that was it. First three and a half yeah. hours. Yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, like everyone, uh, I am also impressed with uh, Glenn Close's knowledge of debut, but uh, apparently that uh, that came out of rehearsal. So uh, that was not the most genuine moment that they had. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I feel like it, they just recreated it. But uh, whatever the case, but they didn't know she was going to dance. Uh-huh. So you got that. And uh, she's, uh, you know, you can't even talk about for years with the Emmys, the daytime Emmys, it was always how Susan Lucci never won, but uh, Glenn Close still doesn't have an Oscar. She continues to not have them, you know? Uh, So I I don't even think I'm aware of what it was. She was nominated for this year, (laughs) but uh, hillbilly elegy. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Well with a title like that, how could it not win an Oscar? But (laughs) uh, I, you know what? I've seen images of what she looked like in it and uh, you know, you got to give it up to anybody that can really uh, take on the, uh, the, you know, one of those, uh, those sort of uh, transformative roles, uh, you know, like Charlize Theron, obviously being the best example of that for uh, monster. But I I think she made Charlize Theron look beautiful. I think you're right. So uh, now you and I are uh, usually very upfront about this. There's a lot of movies we haven't seen, but let's talk about the ones we have seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I watched Nomadland last week. I hadn't seen it, but uh, basically when I realized that if I'd wanted to watch Promising Young Woman, I would have had to pay for it. And Nomadland was on Hulu, which I have. I'm like, well, I guess I'm watching Nomadland. But I also knew I should watch that because I knew it was nominated in so many categories. And look, I think uh, Frances McDormand is is always going to give you that. And she is so understated in that movie. And it's a lot of facial expressions where you feel like you do know what her character is actually thinking. Uh, so I think it's a good character part for her. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting because I think that some of it was shot documentary style where people didn't realize they were making a movie. You know, some of these nomads are actual, you know, people who live that way. That is kind of interesting, but I I tweeted this last week. Uh, I'm still trying to decide which I'm more horrified by her nude scene or watching her shit in a bucket. And I would like to unsee both of those things, but uh, I can't. And I don't think that those took away from the movie, but uh, I thought, it, you know, it's one of those things where you see it and you go, like, yeah, that's a nice movie. It's not like this amazing tour de force where I'm like so impressed by it, but I thought mm-hmm. it was good. What did you think of Nomadland, Christian? Yeah, I, th- I think I liked it more than you, but I agree. It's not a movie I'm going to rush back to see, except for that, the bucket moment, which I will probably have. A yeah, the, bu- the bucket scene, that should be a meme for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she should have brought the bucket to the, uh, <laughs> when she came on stage, by the way. I'm just surprised she didn't, by the way. <laughs> I mean, first you howl. And then you raise the bucket aloft. That's kind of the move. Yeah, listen, it, it was one of my top five or ten last year. I, I, I have to confess right away, two things, a, a couple things. Pandemic changed how I look at movies. I have been watching 
thrillers and horror movies and and B movies. I have almost zero appetite for really good movies. And I I know that's not what a critic is supposed to uh, uh, confess, but just that's just my personal headspace. I've had some uh, sort of health woes in my family, the pandemic, having two kids scrambling around the house for 12 months. So I, I wasn't in the mood for Remains of the Day. I just wasn't. So I didn't see as many Oscar bait movies, but I did see Nomadland. And I, see a few, I saw a few others as well. But uh, yeah, it's to me, Oscar best picture is something you watch every couple of years because it's such a good movie and you want to relive it. I, I don't think I don't want to critique the movie because it's good. And Francis McDormand is, is just great. I don't know if I want to run through that again. I, I don't know. And, it, yeah, does, and does that mean it's shouldn't be best picture i don't know it's just just my yeah taste. well look i think there's there's a few ways to look at that uh as 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 great as schindler's list is i have never rewatched it because i just i just don't want to relive it you know i mean it i mm -hmm. i'm taking literally nothing away from that movie there are there are some movies look there's movies that i just haven't seen and mm -hmm. you know uh passion passion of the christ is one i just mm -hmm. don't need to watch jesus get beaten up for like two hours and uh, you know, and this was, this was long before we shouldn't have been watching Mel Gibson movies. You know, I was just like, I'm like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I went to Sunday school. I know that story and uh, I'm glad they made a movie about it. I, mm. I hope people liked it. And yeah, this is not on the scale, obviously of Schindler's list, but it's like, I just don't want to go back to, I don't want to hang out with Fern ever again. That's her <laughs> character, you know? And it's, I don't want to be in that van, you know? Um, it's interesting. I can still smell that van. It's not. Yeah, a good smell. <laughs> it's, a right. Well, it smells like that bucket, but <laughs> and I think that uh, I I think it's in, you know it's impressive uh, in terms of the you know her performance, and uh, glad that uh, Chloe Zhao won, um, mostly because now Disney gets to uh, when they release the Eternal superhero movie in November uh, from Academy Award winner. And look, when you hear things like, you know, she's only the the second woman to ever win as director, you're like, oh, I'm sure there's other ones, but good that she won. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to take anything away from her. I'm not trying to take anything away from Catherine Bigelow. The her Hurt Locker I thought was great. But, you know, you're just like, oh, wow, this is this is the, the second time that that's happened. But I think it, you know, again, it's a nice movie, but um, I and look, out of the ones that were nominated, I don't know that I have, you know, the, the clear cut. Uh, favorite um, my for people who know my wife is uh, Chinese American so she was uh, very interested in Minari again nice movie I think it's very well done uh, the we'll talk about her in a minute but the grandmother from that film won for supporting actress she's great in that movie it's really well done she has a stroke in the movie spoiler alert sorry uh, when a character has a stroke there's a few ways you can play it and I think that uh, they they had the the sort of right approach to it. You know, she wasn't still there. She wasn't as there as she is in the beginning of the movie. But it's also, uh, you know, it, it's also she's not like completely gone. Which you know, look, my grandmother had a stroke. It, it's it's sort of it felt more realistic. A lot of times, mm -hmm. it just means like, okay, you've had something happen to your character. Now you can stop acting. Mm -hmm. um, I thought there's some uh, the great performances by the kids in Minari. In Minari, the little boy is is just hey, he's adorable. He's funny. Um, he pees in his grandmother's tea at one point. And uh, I, I've got a five-year-old Christian. You've got kids. Uh, we, I would never rule out my kid thinking that that was a good idea. You know, uh, I, I, I hope that he's never brought me a, 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 a pea sweetened beverage, but, uh, and uh, yeah. So uh, I thought that, uh, you know, that, that felt like a movie that wasn't going to win uh, in terms of the other ones that I've seen. I saw Mank. And I know that Mank, it's almost like, well, for me, I love Citizen Kane. I love stories about Orson Welles. I do think that, uh, it, it, you know, it's it's obviously, it's it's very well made. I think Gary Oldman is was the man for the job to play Mankiewicz in that movie. Um, I, I don't know how great it was. It was good. It was fun for me. You know, I, I love living that stuff. You know, there's the the HBO TV movie with Leah Schreiber, uh, RKO 281, uh, where he plays Wells. I, I mean, I love that movie too, you know? So there, that was definitely in my sweet spot. And uh, Christian, I believe you were going to watch it over the weekend. Did you get a chance to see Mank? I watched about three fourths of it. And I okay. have to say, I had no, I had no desire to watch the rest of it. It was kind of was I, running out of time. I feel it, it that. Yeah. It felt like 
exquisitely crafted. I loved Oldman's approach, a little hammy, a little over the top, sure, right totally. in right in sync. Uh, the dialogue was super. I mean, there were snappier lines in that movie than than maybe a dozen other films, but it, it felt like an art to me. I, I didn't feel I didn't feel swept up by the the movie making process. I didn't get swept up at his character, his romantic arcs or lack thereof. Yeah, it, it just it felt very uh, um, clinical. Uh, sort of uh, just I just didn't move me. And it was funny because we're you're watching a movie about this film that people still hail as the greatest of all time. You could argue back and forth. Yeah, of course. And and about a great and about a great writer and a great storyteller. And I'm thinking, well, this doesn't feel like great storytelling to me. This feels like great craft. Yeah. Just yeah, like, I think that that's a I, I think that that's a great way to summarize it. I did think Amanda Seyfried was great in that. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's a really tough part to play because mm -hmm. uh, you know it's like she's you know uh, she's not the idiot that everybody thought mm -hmm. she was, but she's well aware of the fact that she's you know she's also not a rocket scientist, you know. And mm -hmm. I thought that seeing her as a real person uh, actually I, I thought was nice and. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of, uh, of, of her in all honesty, not in a while, you know, I, it's so, uh, I, yeah, I, I can, I felt like that wasn't going to win. Uh, the only other thing, oh, and, uh, you know, uh, I know at uh, Hollywood and Toto, a lot of times, uh, you guys focus on the politics of it. I felt like the politics in that movie didn't bother me so much because it's a real part of the story. It's real part of his decision-making, you know, when it feels crammed in there where you're like, uh, like, you know, where, especially like something that's factually based and you're like, I think this person never even voted, but you want to make a big deal out of it. Uh, yeah. The other movie that I saw, which was of course very political was the trial of the Chicago seven, which is on Netflix. And uh, you know, it's got a great cast. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is uh, great in there mm -hmm. as the uh, prosecuting attorney. And uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is Abby Hoffman. It's definitely, you feel like he's playing like a character, but he's he's good in it. Uh, and there's a there's a there's like a glorified cameo from, uh, from Michael Keaton, and he's fantastic in it. So, mm -hmm. however, it is, of course, like the most heavy-handedest of political mm -hmm. stories, because again, it's a, it's a real story. And uh, it, it's it's Aaron Sorkin, so you know you want to talk about your snappy banter. Oh, it's in there, you know. Uh, but, walk and talk. Yeah, but it's also it, you know it's also like painted with a paint roller and not a brush. You know, yeah. it's uh, it, you know, so he's definitely trying to make sure we're, we all learn like we're supposed to from it, but. <laughs> I, you know, it's there's things about that that I certain I, I didn't know everything about that trial and and uh, you know and and the the uh, Democratic convention in 1968. Um, so it was it was like one of those things where it's interesting. Um, you know, maybe you would do better to watch a documentary, mm -hmm. but uh, I also felt like that wasn't wasn't going to win Best Picture. But you know, of these other ones, I hear so much about the Sound of Metal movie. That sounds like one that uh, I I feel like I. I, I would check out because of the, the performance uh, Judas and the black Messiah is about the black Panthers. That is also on Netflix. So I literally have no excuse for not watching that. <laughs> um, but uh, and promising young woman. I already talked about how I didn't want to spend $20 to watch it in my house. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like $10 to watch it in my house. Maybe I like Carrie Mulligan, you know, I've liked her and other things. Uh, and uh, the father is that movie that most people I think didn't realize was a movie until Anthony Hopkins won for <laughs> best actor. Uh, but that was one that we saw a clip. And I'll tell you from that clip, you're like, there's Anthony Hopkins being Anthony Hopkins. You know, I, you know, I have to disagree with one thing you said very early on here. I want the clips. And I think that just okay. to, first of all, if you got a good movie, you got to show them off. And I think that's, that's important, but also this was a particular year. And they said every polling data said, no one has heard of these movies. So Fair. let's see him. And you know, it's funny. I watched a clip from Judas, which I did not see. I'm thinking, oh, I think I kind of want to see that. Like, is it was uh, Daniel Kaluuya? I, I always screw up his name. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He just seemed it's, it's like it's not Kaluuya like the drink, but it's very close. It's to that. close. Yeah, yeah. 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 But even with the, you know, I'm so disappointed with Sasha Baron Cohen in many ways. But I think he, when he's on his game, I think he's a terrific actor. And just seeing a little tiny snippet of him from the uh, the trial film, I'm like. Oh, I, th I w might want to see more of him because I even just having him not do the English accent was kind of interesting. And 
I, I just think he's got a lot of talent, which I don't know if he, he often taps. So yeah, I, I mean, the, the, fact, the fact that, you know, I'm not taking away from Rami Malek, but the fact that we didn't get to see him as Freddie Mercury I agree. In, I agree. In, an, in, an, in an honest portrayal of Freddie Mercury's life, which the guys from Queen, you know, look, they're not in that business. They still had the <laughs> Queen still out there. You know, they wanted yeah. to, to tell a movie that's probably going to help uh, ticket sales when people can finally buy tickets to concerts again. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think that when you see him, I mean, you know, even in even in Les Mis a few years ago, you know, you see him in stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, I would I would like to see honestly, I'd love to see the the dramatic uh, Sasha Baron Cohen role, you know, uh, which, you know, I don't I, I, I'm hoping, you know, he they don't have him like, you know, I don't feel like he'd play like a serial killer or something, you know, just like an interesting drama. Uh, and you know, uh, Charles Chicago seven has got a plenty of dramatic moments, but his character is there to be funny, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's perfect in that way, but I agree that he, I think he's an actor that, uh, that we could stand to see a lot more of. And, you know, you are making a great point that this year in particular would be the year to uh, really show some of these clips. Um, especially because, you know, and they did for best picture, but when they have names like Nomadland and Minari, like if you didn't show clips from Titanic and you hadn't seen it, you're like, okay, but I bet I know what that's about. You I know, can, I could do the math on that. Shakespeare in love. I think I have a sense for what that movie uh -huh. might look like, at least. I mean, um, it, it's amazing that in a, uh, you know, socially distanced era where you have an award show, you're struggling to put people together. A clip reel? That seems like the, the, the biggest no-brainer on, brainer on the yeah. planet. And they didn't go there. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. And, and even the, uh, the In Memoriam, which got a political intro, which just bizarre yeah. and they rush through that i'm like oh gosh these are giants we lost this year i, I was it was just shocking all the people i mean i mean i think that's sort of a typical reaction but it, it's still you want to kind of luxuriate in these names and these talents who are gone and, and it felt like we're it was a sprint as opposed to the rest of the movie rest of the night where we're saying well fred smith fell in love with movies because he watched star wars yeah duh yeah <laughs> into movies of star wars that's the yeah the, the lamest you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I was reading something in Variety this morning with, with one of the producers, and it was like once they picked that song, that was the pace of it. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe don't pick that song. You know, I mean, like, wh why did you need that song? And look, they made the decision to not have the performances, uh, which I, I, I don't know. I don't know that there were uh, songs that uh, I feel like we were cheated out of not hearing. Uh, but, it, it, you know, that's another way to... Uh, cut things down. I think that the only thing I liked was not playing people off and just saying like, Oh, you know, keep like later in the show, they started telling them like, Hey, can you keep it short? We're starting to run long. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, most people I think will, uh, but uh, I, I feel like they're going to probably go back to, uh, you know, the, the way it used to be once they're in the studio with the orchestra playing people off and all that. Do you think that they will go back to a host? Cause that night, Oh my gosh, that night needed a funny person so badly. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that the hosts help. And sometimes I can't remember which shows have done this. You know, you've had the shows where they don't have the host, but they do have a comedian come out and do like a, a monologue and kind of set up the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that if you don't have a host, definitely start off with someone funny. Uh, and it's, you know, certainly no knock on Regina King. It's sort of like, and I'm all for like interesting, but you know, it doesn't, it didn't really set the right tone for it, you know? And I, I feel like, look, you're doing the Academy Awards in a train station. I, I feel like there's comedy to be mined there, you know, <laughs> even if it's like taped pieces from like, you know, uh, uh, Brad Pitt shows up last Sunday by accident and he's, uh, you know, and he's uh, ends up interacting with people at the train station. That's just off the top of my head. I think they should have had Ricky Gervais come on as a surprise guest, look around, put up an impish smile and then walk off. I think that would have been like the night. <laughs> that, that would have been nice. It's true. I would have liked that. Well, he's uh, like, yeah too easy and just like left, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, it's, it, it was hard to kind of get into the swing of things for the night. And then, uh, you know, for years, best picture has always been the last category. And uh, I'll admit that I did not watch it in real time. And I fast forwarded through a lot and I was like, Oh my God, did I fast forward through best actor and best actress? No, you didn't. And then, no, I didn't. Yeah. But I thought I did. Uh, uh -huh. And you know, I think that uh, people are upset about the be best actor category, uh, but I'm wondering how many of those people saw 
won all of those movies, people who are tweeting about it, how mm-hmm. many people actually saw Ma Rainey's, uh, you know, uh, Ma Rainey's, uh, I'm going to get the title wrong now because it's uh, not in front of me, but Black Bottom, Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that's the title. Uh, and because they love Chadwick Boseman. I mean, Chadwick Boseman was, a, it was great. I mean, he's Black Panther, he was Jackie Robinson, he was James Brown, you know, I mean, plenty of other roles too, but it's like, yeah, that guy could do a lot. And it's like, well, sure, you might want him to win, but the people who watch these movies might've just been like, yeah, but Anthony Hopkins was great in this movie. And this is one of those times where I'm like, Oh, if I had seen these movies, I could say with authority that like, <laughs> here's, here's what I think, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't know that I should be upset about it. And I know Chadwick Boseman won some of the earlier awards, but until I see the movies, I'll be <laughs> like, okay, look, I know Anthony Hopkins, is a great actor, you know? And uh, the movie that I, the movies that I did see are Mank and Minari. And I could see them giving the, it to Gary Oldman in some years because it's a very, it's a very Oscar-y performance from a guy that uh, I think mm-hmm. has given a lot of very varied performances, you know, uh, but uh, Stephen Yoon and Minari, uh, it was just more that it was great that he got nominated, but it wasn't such a great movie. His part isn't the best part in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis McDormand, that was the, I would say the least surprising thing of the whole night. Uh, Nomadland winning, uh, was I think not surprising, but there's a couple other things that could have won and I wouldn't have been shocked, but, uh, I, I don't think that I really felt like anybody else was going to win, uh, you know, the best actress. It, you know, it was amazing that the, the, I guess the, the conventional wisdom is that the organizers set up the best actress actor as the end because they wanted the Chadwick Boseman posthumous award yeah. to be this sort of you know emotional moment and i get that but i mean these things are so uh, there's there's such a lack of surprise with these events even glenn close's shtick was sort of pretty yeah. which i didn't know that's amazing so i mean i the fact that it was unexpected i thought was good but the fact that he wasn't going to be there or be on camera was that yeah. Choice. Yeah, and look, they, they, they end the night. So they definitely uh, rolled the dice, uh, and uh, it uh, came up snake eyes, as they say. But obviously, it does prove uh, the fact that they do not know what the winners are ahead of time, <laughs> because somebody could have been like, he, he, he might not want that one to be last. Uh, to- Tony Hopkins isn't coming here, and yeah. and you know, some people were mad that he wasn't there. I'm like, think about how old he is. And for the last year, you've been telling people to stay inside and not go places, especially if you're older. And I don't even know how old he's in his 80s. Yeah, you know, maybe 83. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins doesn't have to go anywhere if he doesn't want to. And if he didn't want to go to an award show, that's fine. Now he. They could have, you know, sent to somebody with a with a steady cam into his driveway because I wouldn't have wanted to ask him to get on Zoom. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Lecter, you've won. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah. Uh, but the uh, but Francis McDormand, uh, that again, not not really surprising. Uh, and uh, that is actually the only one of those movies that I've seen. Uh, yeah. but, uh, by the way, but, I want to uh, steal a line from a, a sort of a cyber friend of mine, Kyle Smith from National Review. He, he <laughs> I think he said it, it was <laughs> the evening was, was more depressing than the sorrow and the pity. <laughs> uh, um, in terms of, uh, supporting actor, actresses, uh, supporting actress, uh, now her name is, uh, Yoon Yo Jung. I had mentioned earlier, she was mm-hmm. great in Minari. Uh, Olivia Coleman for the father did not win. Uh, Amanda Seyfried did not win for Mank. Glenn Close did not win for Hillbilly uh, Elegy. Uh, a movie that I know that you and I disagree on, uh, but uh, on the whole, I will say that uh, Borat 2, nowhere near as good as the first one, but I would say that the bright spot in it is Maria Bakalova, who played his daughter. And just in terms of the scripted stuff with him and her, that that's good. But right. sending this unknown you know, relatively young actress. I think she's in her early twenties out to some of these situations and how she performs, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. in in terms of in those situations, you know, sometimes with him, sometimes on her own, you know, and uh, I, I felt like that was the most impressive performance that I saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I know you didn't like that movie and we'll talk about the movie in a moment, but what did you think of her? Did you see the, I also have friends that turned off the movie because when you watch things at home, you don't have to actually watch till the end. Did you watch all of Borat too, or did you give up at some point? Okay. Here's my confession. I, (laughs) I love Borat the first one so much. I've watched it again and again. 
and my kids are young. I'm not going to say their age, but they're youngish. Yeah, sure. We watched Borat together, the first one. The first one. Okay. The first one. Again, wildly inappropriate, a yeah. horrible parenting move, but my wife was out of town. I wanted to kind of <laughs> razzle-dazzle the boys. I wanted to be the hero. They loved it. So naturally, when at Borat 2 comes along, I'm like, well, I'm already a horrible parent. I got it. Let's yeah. go through it. No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure one or two of the boys slept before the ending. Yeah. I watched the whole thing, and I, I thought the beginning was rather funny. I'm like, oh. All right, I'm back. I've got it. I thought this was a bad idea, but I'm I'm enjoying yeah. it. And then the laughs to me completely dried up. And you listen, I, I'm I'm no Trump, you know, red hat guy. Like he's the greatest. You can't make fun of him. I don't care. You can make fun of anyone. Yeah, of but course. To me, Trump and Pence jokes and Rudy Giuliani, unless you've got a real sort of clever, interesting, worthy spin, I, I'm I'm bored. I mean, it's our culture has been you know you know flooded with those jokes. It just felt like he was, he had an agenda and the laughs weren't there. I just really, yeah. And you know, the first movie was in your face and, and ugly at times and raw and silly and outrageous and button pushing. This was, is just, I mean, a couple of scenes are outrageous early on, especially with her. It just seemed like, oh gosh, you just can't, it was, it was lightning in the bottle. He couldn't do it again. And he did, yeah. but he had other, he had other plans in mind. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that the the agenda was very clear, and then in, in some of the stuff, uh, the uh, there's a, a moment where they're at a county fair, and you know the idea is getting Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, so no, as Borat, but Borat then dressing up as other characters so people didn't recognize him. Right, right. Uh, I feel like that was probably out of necessity, so I'm not going to fault that tactic because I think that a lot of people, if Borat shows up at something, they're like, oh, oh I've yeah. seen that movie. You Which know? is one reason so, why you don't make the movie, by the way. Right, like, yeah, can't. right, exactly. Like, make it, you know, and when some of these clips started leaking online, people thought it was another season of his Showtime show. Uh, that he did a couple of years ago. Uh, so I think people, cause again, nobody thought that like, well, how could you possibly make another one? Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that uh, as much as I love the first Borat, uh, his movie Bruno was uh, so far and away, like not entertaining. And this felt a little bit more like Bruno at times, but I, I found it to be much better. The, uh, the County fair moment when he's, he's singing the song about the Wuhan flu. Uh, I don't know how great and how funny it is, but I had that song stuck in my head for like two weeks. So it was very effective in that way, uh -huh. you know? Uh, but that scene is kind of just right out of the first one when he's getting the the people at the country music bar to sing the Th Throw the Jews Down the Well song. So he's yeah. he's really just doing the same thing, but he's making a political statement with it. But uh, I thought she was great. Uh, and I uh, he's said that he's not going to do any more Borat. So uh, let's just hope that that's true. Um, my, a friend of mine who I was a page with at NBC, uh, her name's Erica Rivanoia and she's worked on so many things. She works on South Park. She's done so many shows. She was actually there nominated for, uh, for writing for that. So, uh, I think on the personal level, I would have liked to see my friend win an Oscar, but mm -hmm. I also did not expect, I, you know, I didn't think that that was going to win. Uh, I thought that, you know, there was a chance that uh, the actress could have won, but I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really expect that to to win its uh, writing award. And you know, poor Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, 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 Isla Fisher, they're standing there in Sydney, Australia, like outside, and they keep cutting to them, and they don't win anything. And I'm like, so they're just hanging outside for like four hours, <laughs> or you know, maybe they went outside when it was going to be his category, but, yeah. uh, you know, that was sort of a weird thing. You know, when you saw the people at like the, the British film Institute, and I don't think anybody won there. I don't think anybody spoke and accepted from the British film Institute. I might be wrong, but I, I don't think anybody did. I, one thing I want to mention about this, I think because of the pandemic and their rules were changed, it makes it really hard to produce a show like this. I get that. And there are certain concessions you have to make. But I feel like they made a lot of artistic choices to kind of exaggerate the fact that we're all alone now. Like they had, uh, oh, the director of Pyrocide, Bong Joon-ho, I believe. Yeah. And he's in an empty theater with like, I don't want to see him in an empty theater. Yeah. I'm used to empty theaters. I'm exhausted by empty theaters. I want to see people. Maybe a tight shot of him, you know, doing yeah. his, his, his spiel about what it is to be a director. 
I feel like there were a lot of like Brian Cranston walking through an empty was it the Dolby where yeah, they usually, he, yeah, he, yeah where they usually have it the Dolby theater yeah why don't you hit us over the head and say your life is not the same and you're miserable and alone because I <laughs> yeah. want a little escapism I want to laugh I want to be taken away from yeah. my rotten life and all he did was shove it in my face like a grapefruit I mean I I just don't understand it I really don't at least. The Union Station, the set was kind of Art Deco and interesting, and yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I mean, there, I, I, you know. I've I've been there to you know one take a train, but also I, I uh, years ago, uh, the musician Beck played in like a hall there. Like I went to a concert there, so it's like a, it's a it can be a really cool place. Yeah. So I thought it was a good choice when they wanted to space things out a little bit more, but then it seemed like they were all kind of crammed in together. So I was like, well, then what was the point of that? You know, like, and you know. To me, it also reminded me of all the, the all the, uh, the the sort of conflicting information about about COVID. So they were all socially distanced. They said that they were tested and retested and double tested and triple quadruple yeah. tested. I'm gonna guess that Frances McDormand's got her shots. I'm 52. I've got both my shots. She's yeah. older than me. I'm I'm assuming that she may have access to a slightly better healthcare system than I have. And yet she's there looking miserable with her mask on. Then the mask comes off. I'm like, I just, it drives me crazy. Like, okay, does the, the virus not know when you're, I, I just. Yeah, I, no, I, I it was inconsistent. I think when they had the Emmys back in September, it was a lot more cut and dried. First of all, like everybody was at home or except for the cast of Shit's Creek who like, you know, like quarantined and rented out, uh, which was a really wise move on their part to like rent out a, 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 a like a restaurant because they won the, the whole first half hour of the Emmys was them winning everything. That's right. So, uh, but in any case, yeah. And, and so then this, it was, it was a little bit more inconsistent. I mean, I've, I know enough people who've worked on film sets where it doesn't surprise me that, you know, the people speaking weren't wearing masks, but you know, ushers and things were, I'm like, yeah, I get all that, but you're right. There were people who, when were they wearing them and when weren't they? Uh, and then, you know, it, it's not the, it's not the golden globes where you're eating, you know, so you don't really, if you're not uh -huh. accepting, you don't really have to uh, take it off, but I don't know. Maybe they just felt like looked better. I, I agree. It was, it was a lot of mixed signals. Um, and I assume that a lot of those people, look, let's put it this way. Everyone in that room who wanted to have vaccines at this point has them. Now there might be people who don't have them for whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so I, I, you know, it's probably a large number of the people had them, but there's good. I'm sure there's exceptions. You know, yeah. so uh, and and you know, do, do some of the some of the uh, foreign actors have the AstraZeneca, and then you don't trust them, you know, because it's like I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, there. I don't know. It, it's have they at least addressed it because they realized that people were going to wonder. But I'm with you in that I feel like it didn't. You didn't get the sense that they they really had some kind of uniform policy with it. And, yeah. you know, I, I will always love Frances McDormand for uh, playing Dot in Raising Arizona. And I'm looking at her, and, I, and it was funny. I, I For some reason, I, I focused on her when she went up to pick up an award. I, I don't think it was Best Actress. It might have been one of the Nomadland Awards. She looked miserable. Yeah, she, like she, yeah, she really did. Her dog off stage. I'm like, your movie that you worked so hard on is just getting the, a major award. Can you crack a smile or, or, or just look like, you know – like, like you didn't just step in that bucket. I, I just was weird. <laughs> she gave the, yeah. she gave a bizarre speech and the howling. I, I guess that's but she did that. She did that the sure. last time she won an award. So like the howling did thing. She really? it's like, okay, yeah, I, I remember her doing it at some point. I don't know. It, I don't think it was at the Oscars. And I'm like, okay, this is your thing now. But yeah, it's like her speaking for both best picture and best actress, you're like, Oh yeah, that, that part really was perfect for you because you're such a weirdo, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, it, it, we sort of uh, touched on it within terms of the, the sort of mixed signals on the mask. Uh, was there a relief that in not having the comedy segment up top that uh, we weren't uh, hit over the head with politics like we so often are in award shows. Did you did you find some relief in that, or would that have actually been more interesting than the show that we were given? But Regina King went political right away. Yeah. It, yeah. So I, I think he didn't get the benefit of of sort of that apolitical moment or intro. I mean, she's a talented lady and she's beautiful and she's regal and that's great. So I just didn't. It's just I I have to say. Within 10 minutes of watching the show, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the format. These meandering anecdotes, they're all sitting in a room, 
it just, I, I felt, I had so little expectation for this night. And I felt yeah. that that molecule of expecta expectation just rushing out of my pores, like, yeah. they got nothing. They got nothing, right? I mean, because if you don't, if you don't open with so, something fun or crazy or interesting or clever, it pretty much means you don't have much left in the, in the tank. And they didn't. It was just, it was just. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it would it would take up so much of the show, but uh, you know the, you know Billy Crystal used to do the film segments and then the uh, and then the the monologue, uh -huh. uh, you know, and then the 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 years that you had uh, Steve Martin and then Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin, you know, it, it it seemed like let's put it this way, this is the first year where I think a lot of people who did actually watch were like. I am so glad I'm not in that room. Whereas usually you're like, could you imagine being at the Oscars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been at the Emmys and God, I'd love to be at the Oscars. Not this one. I'd like to be at like a cool, like regular Oscars. That's not uh, not one like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, it didn't win a, a major award, but it's an excuse because I, I, I'm not quite sure the last time you and I spoke on the show, we trade messages a lot, but uh, winning for best visual effects was uh, a movie I know neither of us liked, Tenet. And we have not had the opportunity to talk about Tenet. And there was a point where it was the only movie that came out, uh, well, not at all of last year because uh, Bad Boys for Life obviously was best picture of 2020. But, you know, from uh, March onward, not a lot came out. And uh, Tenet was one of them. And I mean, some of the visual effects, I guess, were cool, but I've seen better visual effects in other Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, and uh, what... Uh, what do you think worked about Tenet? I have a lot of things that I think didn't work. Uh, visual effects was something that was kind of cool in it, but uh, it didn't excuse the rest of it. Uh, it gave Michael Caine a gig. I love Michael Caine. I'll watch him. I agree anything. with that. I do agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I thought the cast just, was just to, just to interject for a second. When I, I when I put myself through the the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, I forgot Jeremy Irons was Alfred, and I expected to see Michael Caine, Aww. and I'm like. Look, I love Jeremy Irons. He's fantastic. He's good as Alfred. But I was like, oh, this should have been Michael Caine. <laughs> so I'm sorry. You mentioned that. It just reminded me of that. But uh, sorry, what were you saying? No, I, I did, the cast was great. And, uh, you know, I struggled with Inception. And I watched it a couple times after that. And I kind of felt most of it kind of fell into place. And complex movies that really kind of tease your brain, not my forte. And you could insult me all you want after that confession. I, I just, I, I struggled so hard to grasp Tenet to kind of, okay, I'm getting a little lost. I don't know what's happening here. And I just, some point I just gave up. I, I just, you know, it, it's one thing to be a filmmaker and to, and to give you brain teasers and to kind of make a complicated story, but I, it, it felt almost Christopher Nolan being aggressive. Like I'm going to confuse you and I'm going to, I just, it, it, it yeah. was funny because that was the movie that was going to save theaters and bring back the crowds. I'm thinking, I, I know on paper, I get it. It's Christopher Nolan, big cast. He does these event movies. I, I think you couldn't have picked a worse film to kind of bring people back. I just, yeah, was, no, because when, when, when they did that, and by the way, uh, what you were saying, uh, I've talked about this before. Uh, I, you know, my wife and I saw it at the, at the drive-in, uh, I don't know, back in September. And there's a point in the third act where she's like, yeah, I just had to stop thinking about it because I was getting so confused. And then I figured uh -huh. we could, we, you know, we, we could see if it made sense or not, mostly not, but <clears throat> you get so bogged down in trying to figure out like what's happening. You know, it's like, well, he's traveling backwards, but he's traveling forwards. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the casting is pretty good, but yeah, it's, it's confusing for the sake of like, is he just messing with us? Like, is he trying to confuse us? But yeah, I and felt like it in the movie, by the way, if I recall, yeah. There were lines of dialogue saying like, oh, say that back to me. Like it's yeah. almost like a meta joke. Like I'm going to screw with you as much as I can and still get yeah. this massive paycheck and get more movie deals. Yeah. I, I mean, at some point you do have to entertain us. That, yeah, that's and, like a prerequisite. And, and and then the and then the fact that uh, John David Washington doesn't have a character name, he's just the protagonist. I'm like, uh, just call him Steve, you know, like <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but yeah, to your point that this was what was going to save movie theaters and like when I saw it, I'm like this is not going to save movie theaters. What it needed to be was like like Fast 9 or mm -hmm. Uh, before I saw it, I thought Wonder Woman 1984 would have been the movie to do that because people were so excited for it. But then I saw it and I'm like, okay, yeah, that was not going to save movie theaters. I still haven't seen the Black Widow movie, but I feel yeah. like, because it hasn't come out, uh, I feel like 
a blockbuster was what was going to do it. And, and as much as I I've seen like a half an hour of one fast and furious movie, I feel like I get it. I under, I completely understand how successful those movies are. I think if a fast and furious movie had come out last fall, movie theaters probably would have at least for those moments been fine. But I guess the idea is stringing your release calendar together. And now yeah. with fast and furious, they're saying like, uh, it comes out in June now. And they're like, yeah, come back. Come see your family, your friends from Fast 9. Uh, come see this. And I'm like, well, yeah, don't put it on a streaming service and people will probably go see it. You know, sorry, what were you going to say? I, I think generally speaking, and this is not this is not overtly political. Maybe it delves into a little bit, but I feel like Hollywood almost had a responsibility to get people back into theaters, to, to, to make PSAs like, listen, it's safer now. These, your, your neighborhood theater is doing all the protocols. We want you back. We miss you. Come back to the theater. I feel like there was a ripe moment in the culture where where the where celebrities can kind of lay down the politics and just say, "Hey, guys, they, you know the pandemic was awful. We've all been hurting, but let's go back to the movies and and make that sort of a cause celeb in a way." And not only did that not happen, I, I think one of the artists last night mentioned that, which was I thought was cool. But I, I but I feel like a lot of the yeah, I think it might have might have actually been Francis McDormand that's saying, right. like, yeah, exactly, go back yeah. to the movies, you know? But, and well, yeah, But I think a lot of the messaging, at a, especially late night, I mean, late night was basically mocking people who were upset at the lockdowns and saying how dumb they were. And then this whole mask on, mask off, and, you know, oh, Dr. Fauci knows what he's doing, even though he changes his wisdom every five minutes. I, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like Hollywood played a small part in, in – keeping people out of theaters in a way. And, and then the industry said, oh, we're going to put everything on streaming because we want to make a quick buck. Well, that's going to change the culture where we expect the stuff to be on streaming and we don't need to go to the theater. Yeah. You know, you change yeah. behaviors after a whole year. That's a game changer, man. I, I just feel like we've been spent a year getting all the great stuff at home. And now we're going to just switch gears and go back to the theater and hire a babysitter and pay the bad popcorn fees and sit through Drek. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, no, I, I think that uh, there are going to be a lot of people. I think it was honestly, the problem is that it was already trending in this direction for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And so then this was the excuse. And, you know, look, and it's the problem when you have these huge multinational corporations. I'm uh, not usually, uh, I'm not railing against corporations in general, but in terms of the movie business, I am. Because do you think that Warner Brothers Film Studio wanted all those movies to for me to be able to watch it on my phone, you know, that's not what they wanted. You think that, do you think the business affairs wants to have to cut deals with every director who has profit participation now that they're giving those movies away. And I have seen these Warner brothers movies that have come out as part of this plan. And it's, it's wonder woman, 1984. It's a movie called the little things with Denzel Washington and Jared Leto, which I don't know if you saw, it's not very good. It's not awful. It's just not great. Uh, Tom and Jerry, which, it, it, here's the thing about Tom and Jerry, you know what you should do. If you make a Tom and Jerry movie, put a lot of Tom and Jerry in it. Uh, and uh, somehow they missed that memo. Uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, put a lot of Godzilla fighting King Kong. No, you don't want to do that. Okay, fine. And then uh, knowing what I was getting myself into, I went and saw Mortal Kombat at the drive-in over the weekend. And so all these movies that they're just giving away, I'm like, well, yeah, they should give them away. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these movies should be free in our house. But when you start to get like the great movies, you know, we'll see. And, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, and a, 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 a film that won two Academy Awards for Disney Plus was Soul, which was, I thought was a good Pixar movie but it wasn't like they gave away Toy Story 5. You know what yeah. I mean? It was it they, I think that it was a very calculated move. They saw like here's the ceiling on what that's going to make in the theater. Let's just uh, put it out so everybody can see it. Uh and uh, I I think that it'll be interesting to see, you know, we talked about Fast and Furious. That's going to come out in theaters. But what's the window where it's exclusively in theaters? How long is that going to last? Mm. Uh, the James Bond movie, you know, Sony would have loved. I think they wanted Apple to pay a billion dollars. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> I mean, we like James Bond, but not a billion dollars, you know. So uh, I guess we'll see. Um, I, uh, you know, there's movie theaters are open here. I know I have friends who went. And all I'll say without naming anyone, the friends that I see who are going, who couldn't stay away from Mortal Kombat, 
were only a few months ago talking about how they were so upset that movie theaters were opening again and why are you putting these movies out in theaters? But as soon as it was something that they wanted to see, they got excited. And I think that that's what's going to happen. When all this stuff comes out, there's going to be something that everybody wants to see. Well, I, and I think that we need, I think with Hollywood, and it's tough because to, it's it's hard to turn, a, uh, to make a movie in six months, 12 months. It's, it's a whole process. But I think that Hollywood is going to have to up their game for the theatrical releases to make not just a video game tie-in movie like video like Mortal Kombat, like, but make a genuinely good film where you go to the theater and go, boy, that was good. Like if I go to the theater in a month and a half and I see two to three duds in a row, I'm like, I'm staying home, man. Streaming yeah. for me. You need yeah. to really bring it. And, and remind us why we're in theaters. And, yeah, because uh, it, even if uh, movies aren't available online, there you know, there's you know, how many shows do you feel like? Oh, instead of going out to the movie theater, I could catch up on three episodes of this show that I actually know I really like. Yeah. So yeah, I think that uh, giving us a reason to go to the movie theater is probably the most important part. And unfortunately, their thinking is that well, the way to get you to go out to the movie theater is to you know reboot this property or you know a continuation of that and uh i i don't know i think uh there there aren't a lot of things that i'm super excited for but i know that the black widow movie has like 30 minutes in imax so i'm like well i think i would like to see that's actually that was supposed to come out i think next weekend as mm -hmm. recently as like two months ago it was going to come out next weekend yeah. uh and uh i was wrong about that because i'm like disney is not gonna eat into any other marvel money you know but i don't know and i guess when they do that that premiere access for disney plus where you spend an extra 30 dollars you know, they, they they probably still make some decent money that way. I mean, they did that for uh, for Milan, and I think actually I don't know if they're yeah they are doing that for the Cruel Deville movie with Emma Stone. Yeah, so I, I think one of the issues that the Oscars brings up is they keep, they keep saying that well that these are niche films, these are specialty films, art house films, and I think that's mostly right. But I I think Hollywood maybe has forgotten how to make mainstream movies that kind of straddle the line like like the little things should have been that straddle the line movie yeah it's adult mature storytelling but it's something accessible to all and uh, like i i think the one i i kind of gravitate back to is the king's speech which yeah that's a great example yeah. like an art house movie but it made over 100 million i'm pretty sure it yeah. won best picture and it was really enjoyable and uplifting and anyone can kind of buy into it and I feel like Hollywood is maybe struggling to make that kind of product now. Yeah. I, and, and I think that, that, you know, it is harder to make something like the King's speech on that level. And, you know, I don't know what the budget was on Nomadland, but I'm sure it didn't cost a lot to put together. You know, I mean, all you, all you had to do was, uh, you know, swing by Jiffy Lube a few times and uh, clean out the vans in the movie. But, uh, they can't uh, afford the, way, the uh, bucket for the sequel, by the way. It's, it's already asking <laughs> well, I, if the bucket gets its own movie, I'm there. Our friend Dominica Saxon, I can't believe I'm late. I took a vacation day just for this episode. What are you doing? Come on. I tweeted it out yesterday. Pay attention. No, but we're glad you're here. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that the movie going experience going forward, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I grew up with a, with a drive in, uh, in like a town over for me. So there was a lot of movies like, like Indiana Jones and the last crusade. That's a movie that I saw at the drive in for the first time. Uh, you know, and, uh, unfortunately also star Trek five, the same summer, as much as I love star Trek. Uh, but it, you know, and I, I like it as an experience. I think there are drawbacks to it, but there's drawbacks to being in the movie theater as, as well. And as long as there's still some kind of reduced capacity, the, this is the, this is the time to go to the movie theater. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're taking the kids to Disneyland in the middle of May because we really wanted to go when it's at 25% because we're like, that sounds so pleasant, you know, to mm -hmm. <laughs> have so many less people there. Uh, so, uh, but I don't know. And uh, you know, the question as it comes up, I'm still what I'm waiting for. And as, as a, as someone who reviews films, Christian, I'm sure you can agree. I, I want, I want screenings to come back. 
you know, I want to like go on the Disney lot and see the Black Widow movie for free. That's really what I want more than anything else. And I feel like we're not that close to that. I think that what we will get are screenings in the big movie theaters, you know, and they figure out how to do that. I, I've done that a few times for films. Um, do you do you think that uh, how close we are to getting to see some of the? <laughs> when do I get to see free movies, Christian? No, but when do you think that that part of the business makes sense? I mean, you're taking on a, a liability of you know, having people sit in a theater that you're encouraging them to go and see your movie, you know, uh, whereas like you can just send a link, you know, I mean, I watched a great documentary about uh, putting Sesame Street together in 1969. And I had that link in like a minute from the time I asked for it, you know, so uh, it's so much easier uh, to do that, right? Uh, yeah, I've seen, I think Tenet was my one and only screening at a theater in the last 12 months. And I, you know, I don't, I enjoy going to theaters. Well, so for me, I don't understand that the, the screenings that are happening in, in Denver here are just critics in this massive theater. So, it, it, I mean, you're as socially distanced as humanly possible. You're going to wear a mask. You know, if what's, how is that more dangerous than walking to the Walmart and bumping into people online? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I have to say, I'm getting used to the whole link thing. And I, I saw Wonder Woman 1984 with a link and movies that I know I would never get a screening link to. I'm now getting screening links to. So yeah. I, I kind of adjusted, like, I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to, you know, it just seems easier. Yeah. No, I, I mean, and kids go to sleep as opposed to, you know, I can watch it on my own terms in a sense. So, yeah. And, 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 you know, Disney, uh, I, they sent out, uh, I got screeners for uh, screening links for Mulan and the the uh, Raya, whatever that mm -hmm. dragon movie was. And they, you know, uh, well, not a year ago, but two years ago, 18 months ago, they would not have sent those out as links. That would have been, you have to come and yeah. watch it. Yeah. And we're going to take your phone away too, by the way. <laughs> so if they want, if they want to give me guy. black, if they want to give me Black Widow so I can watch it early, I will. But I still yeah. that I'm like no, but I but like a movie like that is is so yeah. much more fun to see the action sequences, especially because they shot some of it in IMAX. So I don't I don't quite know where we're headed with the um you know with the movie industry. I know a lot of people who are going back, and I don't know anyone who's gone. Uh, and, you know, look, I live in Los Angeles. I think people would uh, would speak out if they felt I don't know anybody who's gone and felt like, oh, I, I went, but I had to leave because I didn't feel safe. Nobody's said that, yeah. you know, um, uh, my my wife prefers that I continue to uh, wait before uh, I go. And there hasn't been a movie that I feel like I need to make a case for. But I've told her, like, Black Widow's it. So July. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, if if I had to watch Mortal Kombat indoors in a theater where I couldn't talk to my friend and make fun of it the whole time, uh, it would have been a much less pleasant night than uh, than I had. And, uh, and, you know, and here's the thing with movies like that. It's like, no, a movie like that's not going to be great. But a movie like that, a movie like King Kong versus Godzilla, it's like, why do you make people wait so much for the thing that they want? Like Mortal Kombat's a video game where people fight and there's like one, like sort of half fight in the first hour. And then the fights that you want to see the matchups between characters that's in the second hour. And then they're working on setting up like a, 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 a Mortal Kombat expanded universe. And I'm like, I don't do that. Just, <laughs> just have more fighting. You know, I literally even said to my, my friend Rob that I saw it with at one point, their characters were talking about, you know, some kind of conflict. I was like, boy, do you think that maybe they could settle this with some Mortal Kombat? <laughs> but no, they didn't. They just talked about it. You Damn that diplomacy. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, you know how you set know. up a movie franchise and an extended universe? You make a really good first movie. Yeah. And then you could do anything you want. You don't have to lay the groundwork. Just make a good movie, draw a whole bunch of people into the movie, make yeah. it so darn popular that, that they think, I want an expanded universe. Make it happen. That's yeah. how you do it. Right. Exactly. You know, the, just, just make the first one, you know? It's, yeah. uh, so I don't know. Uh, there's a couple of the movies that were nominated to circle back to the Oscars. There's a few that I, I am interested in still. Uh, oh wait, Dominicus Jackson uh, chimed in on this. I love theaters, but I'd rather spend $20 on demand, watch it six times with a dozen people and make my own air pop or popcorn. I understand that completely. Yeah. I understand that thinking and look, a lot of people feel that way. And even when it's like the, not the dual release movies, when it is the uh, like, oh, you'll have to wait. In some cases, it's only like three, four weeks. Movies will, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like, like I want to, 
I, I'd like to see that movie with Bob Odenkirk called Nobody. You know, it's yeah. I, I've heard some good things about that. Uh, but I, I now I instead of going to the movie theater, I could watch it at home for twenty dollars, and I just have to think like, do I do I want to spend that much money on Saul Goodman fighting people? Uh, but <laughs> you know, it's uh, so yeah. But I think a lot of people, a lot of viewing habits have changed, as we said before. They they have already changed. Uh, and then the, there is this thing that a lot of theaters are doing, a lot of theater chains are doing, where you can just rent out the whole theater for you and like 20 friends. I love that. If yeah, they can make I, that work, I love that idea. Yeah, I, I would, I'm de I'm definitely like, see, but I'll do it, but in, in the way where I'm going to hit everybody up because I'm like, all right, so you owe $4 if you want to come. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, maybe I'll do it for uh, an event. But uh, are there any of the movies, and you know, we talked about how they didn't really show clips. Is there anything that you feel intrigued by they're like you know what i am kind of interested in what this is any of these movies whether they won or not but they were talked about last night that you're like i'd like to check out this one or two that i didn't see not really i, I mean i think yeah. i i had um, i was lucky enough to have access to almost all of them yeah different screeners and discs and stuff like that and the stuff i wanted to see i, I kind of saw already i I, yeah. I really don't have a lot of excitement for what's going on and it's funny you mentioned before it's easier to kind of stay home and watch stuff you like we've been uh, just rampaging through modern family which is so good and so joyous yeah. and so funny and i i want to hug every cast member they're so lovable in their own <laughs> weird way um maybe julie bone a little longer hug but that's yeah, just a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I'm like, and, and, I, I can and, stay home and just be dazzled by that and then know that there's like 18 more episodes i could watch if i wanted to so you know yeah. as opposed to going to the theater it's a real crapshoot and i don't know yeah because i mean even you know normal times pre-pandemic I'm, I'm with you like you know seeing a couple of bad movies in the theater it's like oof, i gotta i gotta be a little bit uh i gotta be a little bit more selective and uh is there anything coming whether it's gonna be streaming dual release is there anything that is on the horizon that you're legitimately like, oh, I, I, I think this will be good, or even, oh, I hope this will be good. Well, Black Widow, I, I love Scarlett Johansson in that role. It seems like the MCU can do no wrong for the most part. I think that the you know the, the final Daniel Craig movie, the No Time to Die, the James Bond film. I just want him to. I want him to go out on a high note. Yeah. I want that. I want that franchise to be healthy. So uh, I'm selfishly hoping it's great. I, I, I just I like a world where there's a new James Bond movie every three years. And it sort of changes a little bit with the times, but it kind of keeps its the DNA intact. That I want that selfishly. And you know, you mentioned the, the Fast and Furious movies. I love that that, that formula. It, it's it's down to a, like a, they've got it down to a molecule. It's a little bit of family talk, insane action, over the top, a, a very likable cast, very diverse. It just seems it knows exactly what it does well, and it does it well. That's all I want. It's yeah, you know, yeah. No, I mean I can appreciate it for what it is, uh, success wise. Yeah, uh, it's not over ambitious. It doesn't kind of it doesn't explore new topics. I don't want yeah. new topics. I want that franchise to be The Rock and 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 Vin Diesel looking yeah. ageless, and 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 <laughs> and, and the, the the tracking shot of the attractive woman from the heel to the. So the derriere, that, that's what, that's like part of the shtick. Like you gotta get that, that sort of ogling shot, at least one, per, yeah. you know. Uh, our pal Jason Blair uh, pops in. Uh, I actually caught the black cast live. Woohoo, what I missed. Almost all Nothing. of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you, yeah. You, you missed us telling you that you didn't miss anything by uh, not watching the uh, Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, I'm a terrible parent for making my kids watch Borat. Done. Yeah, well, and the second one. I think you're more of a terrible parent because you had them watch the second one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I yeah, it's uh, you know we started talking about parenting. There haven't been a lot of kids movies released in the last year. One of them, you know, uh, a lot of them were released uh, dual releases. Uh, but we took the first time we we really went out was we took the kids to the drive-in to see the the Trolls movie, the twelfth the uh -huh. Trolls sequel. Which is, you know, it's fine for kids. We took them to see Tom and Jerry, uh, which the kids liked. And I'm like, you know what? I I can pick it apart if I really want to. But if the kids had fun with it, then then it, yeah. uh, it, it uh, uh, then uh, job well done. But uh, Jason uh, needs to make sure we know Tom and Jerry was garbage. <laughs> yeah, but did your kids like it? Because uh, I, I asked my son Felix. I'm like, well, what did what did you like about it? He's like, uh, he liked like. Like the little tornadoes where the animals would fight, like, you know, the old cartoon <laughs> tornadoes. And I'm like, yeah, you got a couple of those. I don't think he's going to, you know, the kids don't watch it in a way of like, 
why did somebody put Colin Jost in this movie? You know, <laughs> here's a quick question for you as a dad, you know, the, which is a very valid question, by the way. Yeah. So my ahead, kids uh, don't care about movies. They don't watch many movies. Yeah. I almost have to bribe them to watch movies. They like their YouTube. They like their video games. And I feel like it's, it's super anecdotal, but I'm starting to, and I think there was a poll recently saying that the young sort of generation Z not yeah. into movies at all. Like it's just not their thing. Do you find that your kids want to go to the theater or do they prefer shorter stuff? They, they like to go to the, my, so my, my son's five. So uh, he likes to go to the theater in the same way that he likes to go to a baseball game because he knows that he's going to eat popcorn. He's and at the baseball game, he's also going to get a hot dog and ice cream. We just try okay. to space it out uh, to keep him interested. But uh, they, yeah, my son likes it more than my daughter. She's only three. Uh, okay. Literally just yesterday we showed the monsters Inc. He loved it. She kind of gets tired and doesn't like to keep watching a movie yeah. after a while. Um, but she would yeah. watch Toy Story three every weekend if we would let her. So, <laughs> and and it's Toy Story three in particular. Uh, that's the one that she likes. He likes Toy Story four, but we, you know, we negotiate peace and we come <laughs> together. Um, so we don't show them a lot of movies, mostly just because it's like, you know, if we're gonna get, if they're gonna have like ninety minutes to two hours of, of TV time, I'd rather spread it out a couple of key points during the day where I I need them to you know watch a half hour of this, a half hour of that. But I think in general they like seeing movies. But you know, my daughter was so little the last time we took her to a movie. We went to a the the last movie that they saw in person uh, indoors was uh, it was a press screening at the the Disney Theater in Hollywood for the movie Onward, which uh -huh. was a I think it was Pixar. I, I forget sometimes the the Disney and Pixar movies. It's hard to tell anymore. Yeah. Like Wreck It Ralph was a Disney movie, but I thought it should have been a Pixar movie. So ever <laughs> since then, I get confused. Uh, and you know, my son liked it enough, but it it, they, they, it was a little old for them. So you know, I I don't know. I think if it's the right movie, they'll like it. But my my daughter's probably going to want to run around the theater. So uh, <laughs> you know that creates a problem in terms of actually watching something that long. If it's good, they like it. Like. Like my son didn't get tired, didn't want to know when Monsters Inc. was going to be over because it's a great kids movie, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, watching Tom and Jerry at the drive in, though, he said the thing that I mentioned is when are Tom and Jerry coming back? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, exactly. When are Tom and Jerry coming back? Uh, you know. Chloe Grace Moretz is uh, great in a lot of things, but it's like I don't need I don't need her storyline in this uh, at all. Uh, and Jason Blair has triplets. God bless him. Uh, his kids watch YouTube videos of kids <laughs> playing video games. Same, uh, same. Yeah, they don't even play video games. They just watch other people play them. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a, a parent friend asking uh, to try to find videos uh, that her kids could watch of people playing Minecraft where it wasn't. An, I think it was Minecraft where it wasn't annoying and loud. And every comment was, "Those don't exist." <laughs> you know, so here's my impression of every video my boys watch. Hey guys, it starts yeah. with the same. Yeah, that's right. Hey guys, yeah, yeah. And they're always over emoting and they're always screaming as if the yeah. world is ending, but it's not really ending. Yeah. Um. So I think with my kids being little, I think I'm I'm just trying to be careful about showing yeah. them stuff because if so I show them a movie that they don't like, that's going to be a problem. You know. Yeah. Uh. And you know, my my son's five. You know, I can get pretty i mean i certainly had seen star wars by the time i was his age i'm sort of like i want him to be able to appreciate it and i don't want to lose him you know yeah yeah so i want to make sure that that i i do these things right you know and it's like so uh like i'll show them like spider-man cartoons from when i was a kid from the early 80s because those are on disney plus and mm -hmm. I, and those are those are good for both of them because it's although my daughter hated dr doom and kept yelling and saying that i don't like him i'm like you're supposed to not like him so <laughs> so well done that the scary guy in the metal mask you don't like he doesn't like you either so you know it's a it's a careful sort of uh, sort of thing to figure out what's right for them and the reason why i brought this up is that that Raya movie, my wife and I actually watched it first because we had a we had a feeling it, it was too much for even a five year old. I think it's good for like a seven or eight year old, definitely uh -huh. an eight year old. Uh, and uh, I don't know, you know, the, there was like a Scooby Doo movie that came out that I'm like, if if my kid needs to watch Scooby Doo, we'll watch we'll watch the ultimate Scooby Doo story of all time when they teamed up with the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, you know, I mean, let's get the let's get the Not classics. <laughs> 
Oh, I do. I do have that on DVD. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, Kiss Meets Scooby Doo. Um, I haven't. I actually haven't shown him that one yet. <laughs> now you've reminded me. Um, but Daddy, yeah. his tongue is so long. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Jason Blair uh, also has this. My kids fight over Star Wars. The boys' favorite is Episode Four, but my daughter's favorite is Revenge of the Sith. They end up screaming over the remote. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that uh, that I, I the fact that your daughter prefers Revenge of the Sith means that. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, you should have some kind of uh, intervention with her and just try to figure out what it is about hating Christensen that uh, <laughs> she finds so watchable. Um, but yeah, look, I think it, it, and th that is part of the problem. You know, it, it's like finding the thing that uh, both can, how, what's the, you don't have to talk about the age of your kids, but what, what's the range? How far apart are they? Uh, about two and they're tw 10 and 12 now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, so that's, yeah, but see, and that's a good range. I think my daughter being three, there's just a lot of stuff she doesn't like. Yeah. There's shows she likes where episodes are too scary for her. You know, she, she likes the show on, on Disney called uh, mirror, the Royal detective. She likes to do that. And she tries to solve mysteries herself, like her show or her, oh. her character on the show, which is cute. But then if there's like one with like a ghost in it, I'm like, but the ghost isn't real. Ah, it doesn't matter. I'm like, all right, I get it. You're three, you know? Yeah. Uh, and again, Jason's right. Uh, Scooby-Doo needs more Phyllis Diller and maybe his daughter just loves the smell of burnt flesh, which, uh, that's, <laughs> and Rip Taylor. That, yeah. <laughs> and Rip Taylor. Um, but yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know what's coming out in terms of the kids movies. So I don't know when I would bring them back to the theater. Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff comes out, uh, you know, I mentioned that Scooby-Doo movie that came out. I think that was actually streaming only. I don't even think that went to the drive-in. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I gotta get, I gotta get me back into the theater and then, uh, mm -hmm. and then I'll work on getting the kids in. But, uh, um, you know, the, the Disney theater that they have, the El Capitan in, in Hollywood, it's a nice presentation. Somebody plays the Wurlitzer beforehand. Uh, and of course there's a Disney store attached. So I think that there would be, you know, just, it needs to be the right thing. And, and I don't know what Disney has coming out, but I'll tell you when I'm at Disneyland, if they have a movie coming out at any time in the near future, they're going to make sure I know about it. That's right. <laughs> so I'll be ready. They're not shy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Christian, thank you for uh, continuing our uh, our Oscars tradition, where the tradition continues that we usually end up talking about other movies uh, about halfway <laughs> through. Um, but uh, where where can people find you, and uh, what can they find uh, at, at at your website? Well, the website is hollywoodintoto.com. I am a right of center person, so I cover Hollywood from that perspective, but hopefully I do it in a way that will not scare people left of center screaming from the hills. Also, I contribute to the Daily Wire, justthenews.com, Real Clear Investigations, and I am this week wrapping up my first book about woke Hollywood. So it's going to be a few months before it hits the uh, bookshelves, but uh, I think it'll be interesting. Do you, do you think that there's a chance that by the time the book comes out, Hollywood will still be woke? Or do you think that uh, perhaps the, that uh, that will be a, a passing fancy? I think if wokeness is gone by the time my book hits shelves, I will be happy as, happy as a can. <laughs> You'll be like, you know what? I'm glad nobody's buying my book. My work is done here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, Christian, uh, hollywoodintoto.com. And, uh, what is with, what is with everybody? Corby's like, dang it. I just got here. Don't stop now. Come on. It's, uh, one, as soon as it ends, you can just start the link over. Uh, you guys can all watch it on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching. It starts over. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and, uh, Hollywood and Toto is also your Twitter. So if people want to interact with you there. Uh, and as it says on the screen, I'm at Christian DMZ and you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram. And of course the black cast is at B L A D T C A S T Twitter, Instagram, blackcast.com for all of our episodes. And I have multiple shows, uh, on the Blackcast YouTube channel. So, uh, make sure you subscribe or as the videos that Christian shows his kids probably says, smash that like button, uh, <laughs> and subscribe. Uh, but, uh, thanks to Christian. Thanks to everybody in the chat, even people that are, uh, showing up right now. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks to everybody. And we'll see you next time on the Blackcast.